time of the NBA season has come where we can talk about some of the biggest regrets teams are going to have after the season is over. We're going to break that all down, talk about it, have some fun right after this. Welcome to the number one place for your daily basketball news and analysis, NBA Central. All right, basketball fans, welcome to another episode of NBA Central. Right off the top, if you want to follow the show, you can do so at NBA Central Pod on every social media platform. If you want to follow me personally, you can do so at CEO Hayes, that's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. But let's get into it today. We want to talk about some of the NBA teams that are going to have the biggest regrets after the season is done. We've All, all the playing spots are about locked up, especially in the Eastern Conference. The Western Conference is still going to be an exciting a uh, few couple of days until we get to Sunday, which is the last official day of the season. But you can already tell what are some of the regrets that are going to be. And the biggest one, or the first one that I'm going to list, is the Chicago Bulls. My Chicago Bulls, I say, huge Chicago Bulls fan. But we got to be honest in how we review and talk about it. Not only did the Bulls decide to not really be active in free agency, which to a degree I understood at the time. You had a team that at one point was number one in the Eastern Conference for a little while, albeit not beating the best competition. But there's enough there to try to convince yourself if we make just some minor tweaks to this team and Lonzo Ball comes back healthy, that maybe, just maybe, we're going to still be able to be a top four or five team in the NBA. Now, we all know that it didn't go that way. And in hindsight, we know Lonzo Ball did not come back. And it doesn't seem that he's going to be back on this roster anytime soon. And so that lack of, of really having activity in the free agency hurt them. But then they doubled down on it by also not being active at the trade deadline, at a time where you saw a lot of teams move, uh, make moves for second-round picks, whatever, future picks, to try to bring in some talent now. Now, the Bulls didn't end up bringing in Pat Bev, who has helped them have probably their best play of the season here since the All-Star break, but you still knew that this was a team that, if you looked at it, that it was missing a bunch. And the holes on this roster were not solved. Size was not solved. Shooting was not solved by any, but in any meaningful way. And the, the, the double decisions to not be active at free agency, which, like I said, I understood you wanted some time to evaluate. But then to go through the trade deadline and not make any significant move. And now you move into an offseason where you have a 33-year-old DeMar DeRozan, a 32-year-old free agent Nikola Vucevic, and a 28-year-old Zach Levine without having a true number one, right? And not to say that you were going to get your number one out in the trade market, but you didn't help by, by, by adding some of the things that are missing from the team. Now, you go into a, uh, into an offseason where Vooch is going to be a free agent. You have to really do some dramatic things on your roster. You can file for a career-ending injury exception, but do we even trust this, this, this front office to do that? We can, this team could be on this same list next season if they choose to not try to go for that career-ending injury exception for Alonzo Ball, it's going to be a, a weird and tough offseason. The Bulls miss opportunities to improve this team. And while, yeah, they could have, you know, flipped some of their veterans or, you know, some of their, their, their draft picks, the inability to really pick a direction is drastically going to hurt the Bulls. Now, in that same vein and a little, but to a lesser degree, because at least the Portland Trailblazers, the next team we're going to talk about, has tried this season. You look at the Portland Trailblazers, and the fact that they did not commit one way or another to what they want to do with Dame Lillard. Yes, they added Jeremy Grant. They traded for Cam Riddish, brought in Matisse Thibel. They, they end up, you know, sending out Gary Payton, who they just had signed this offseason. While they do have young, promising players in Anthony Simons, they have Shaden Sharp, who I am very high on being on that team, as building blocks to the future. 
you have to think in the fact that you know, even Jeremy, even Jeremy Grant, right? If you end up signing him long term, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is that this Portland Trailblazers team and the reluctance to pick a true direction and move on, move off either your young talent to try to bring in some veterans to play with Dame or move away from Dame. You are in Portland. You are not going to be a free agent destination ever. You never have been almost in your entire existence as a franchise, even though you've had some really good teams out there. You have not done anything meaningful, uh, you know, or, or really brought in big name free agents ever. So you, your best bet is to develop within. Now, you did get a first round pick from the New York Knicks that you know you're going to get for sure now. You can use that. You're going to have your own lot, your own lottery pick this season as well. But until you're willing to make the sacrifice and pick a true direction on betting on youth and are trading some of that youth to put in better players around Dame, you're going to be stuck in this area for the probably the next five years as well until then. And by then, what are you going to do? You, you would then lose because at that, that point, you're going to have to make extension decisions on Simons and Shaden Sharp. And you've lost your opportunity to really put a formidable team around or, or to build before those players have to sign their big long-term extensions. That is another faulty decision by a front office, and I do think that they're going to regret that in in uh, in the future. I, I definitely think that they will, and we'll see how that plays in for them in the long term, but at least right now, tons of questions around that decision from this front office. The next one up, Minnesota Timberwolves. The Rudy Gobert gamble, the gamble of trying to go with a Twin Towers lineup in 2023, and Listen, don't get me wrong. I appreciate and I understand what, what they were trying to do there, right? And shout out to them for making something happen at a time where, you know, you, you needed to make something. But you gave up four first-round picks and a first-round swap for a player that has not really— Well, let me not say, because Rudy Gobert, when he's been on the court, has been pretty okay for you, right? I don't want to act like Rudy Gobert himself has been horrible, but your team overall, you're the ninth seed. You're the ninth seed right now. Yes, in a tight— uh, Western Conference, and you can literally, the, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves are probably going to be one of those teams that talk themselves into saying we're not as far as what we are, and, they, and realistically, they may not. Even though they are the ninth seed, technically, they're only two games back from being a fifth seed, right? And so, with the right changes this offseason, the the, 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 the the Timberwolves could be in a much better and different scenario come this time uh, next season, but you got to make tough decisions. And so, when that is, when that has become the thing, you have to, and you've now, you, you've limited your future assets, right? You've traded away so many future assets, so now you're going to probably be in a position where you have to move another asset that is a big part of your team to really to kind of reconstruct this roster. Yes, losing Carl Anthony Towns is not something that you can bet on. You lost him for four months out the season. It didn't help at all. But considering the Wolves had had a losing record when he played so far, you know, it is what it is, man. And so the Timberwolves in that decision, there's definitely one that they may end up regretting, not because it's wholly just bad, but because would you still been around this spot had you not made that trade? Did you really make your team any better or change your future or your anything by doing that? That is the biggest question that lays here for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And they got to look themselves in the face and wonder, did we do, did we make the right decision? And then the biggest one. I know I've been picking on this team lately. A lot of my recent videos have been on the Dallas Mavericks. But God, did the Dallas Mavericks, uh, another two-fold situation. Letting Jalen Brunson go away for nothing, which Mark Cuban has come out and said they weren't given the opportunity to re-sign Jalen Brunson. But losing Jalen Brunson, to then go through the season that you went through, to then trade for Kyrie Irving, a legit star in this league, and to be 
potentially missing out on a play-in scenario completely where you don't get any form of postseason play. You were just in the Western Conference Finals a year ago. You were just there, just there. And so you got to look at that team and that decision is, is one, maybe one of the biggest regrets. Yes, you bring in talent, and I understand the mindset. You always want to bet on talent, especially superstar-level talent. Well, star-level talent. I think there's only a, a few superstars in the league. But um, star, a legit star-level talent to pair with your already star that you've built in-house. And yes, Luke is 24, right? Uh, he still has a, a tons of time left to play in the NBA, especially because his game is not built around athleticism at all. But this was your time. This was your chance to add a legit star next to Luka and to show not only Luka to sacrifice, but to show the NBA, hey, Luka can play with another star. Luka will sacrifice his game, and this is how we can look. And while the Mavericks have said they hope and they plan to re-sign Kyrie Irving this offseason, we all know that's probably all but a foregone conclusion that it's not going to happen. LA is sitting right there, right there. And so you, like, it's, man, it's just, it's, it's, and you gave up all of your young defensive studs in that trade to get Kyrie Irving. Man, that's, that's, it's tough. It's, it's definitely tough. And I do think that, that, uh, when it's all said and done and when it all shakes out, the Dallas Mavericks are going to look back and regret, which is wild to say that you can regret for trade trading for Kyrie Irving. And so, Hey, you got to look at that. Another team though, that I want to put on this list is, is it, should the Atlanta Hawks be on this list? Like, let's be clear here. They're, they're a team that's right now, they're 41 wins. They're probably going to finish above above 500 on the season, eight seed in the Eastern Conference. But you brought in DeJounte Murray and him and Trey Young, it, it just did not have the, the, the pop that we thought. I thought the what, what, the what I'm talking about with the Atlanta Hawks, I thought I'd be talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers that same way. I did not think the acquisition of Donovan Mitchell was going to work out the way that it did on the court, but it did. It did not for the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks made a move, and and, a, and again, a sensible, none of these moves I'm talking about, for except the Chicago Bulls, are moves that just, you just completely say you should have never made, right? But it just did not work out, and now you move into the last season on DeJounte Murray's contract, do you make a decision to go ahead and move him to try to recoup benefits again, um, and some assets to get back for him before he leaves you for nothing? Do you think you've done enough to convince DeJounte Murray, do you think you're going to do enough between now and the end of next season? To convince him to stay again, do you think you can build a team? The John Collins of it all, do you move John Collins and bring in some players that kind of help be better balance out that roster? The Atlanta Hawks have a talented roster. I don't want to overlook that. They've won three of their last games in a row. They have a talented roster. But it just doesn't have the pop needed to necessarily go far in any type of meaningful way in the postseason. Them and the Miami Heat are both kind of in the same area to me. These are both teams that made moves that brought in some talent that have talent on it, but it just seems like maybe the timetable is run out for them. And that's even crazy to say about a younger team in the Atlanta Hawks, but they have to address their flaws in a meaningful way. And I look at both these rosters and I'm just like, and, and where they sit right now and the, 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 the way that they can improve now, the, the Miami Heat do have Eric Spoelstra and Pat Riley. So there's enough hope there that they're going to be able to do enough to improve that roster. You kind of have faith that they're always going to go after and bring in some talent. Maybe not the super high-level talent, but they always are good at pr pretty much building a solid roster with what they have in competing. But it's just like, I, I just, I look at those two teams and I'm like, do you regret not making a move in a different direction, right? Do you regret not maybe trading some of your older players. You still have a young stud in the Miami Heat and, and Bam. You have Jimmy Butler, who's one of the best two-way players in the NBA. But it's like, like, does anybody trust that either the Hawks or the Miami Heat are really going to go far and make a playoff run? 
I mean, if I'm tr- betting on anyone to be the Miami Heat just because they have what you can look at as that probably that second gear and they're led by a player in Jimmy Butler who's just pure heart. But I don't know, man. I look at these teams and I'm just like, these are some, uh, and it's going to be like this. There's going to be teams that regret their moves every single season. But the teams that I put primarily on this list are going to have to really reevaluate what their decisions or lack thereof making decisions and how that's going to affect their future of their franchise and what they do in this offseason. But let me know. Do you guys think I missed anybody down below? Do you have any other teams that you think are going to regret what they either did or did not do at, at in this during the season and how it is going to impact them heading into this offseason? Make sure you're following the show at NBA Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, NBA Central Show at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. And that is it for me for today. Um, I appreciate you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of NBA Central, and I'll see you guys the next time I feel like making a video, probably tomorrow. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media.